Now, if I put six suitcases in front of you and told you five of them contained cobras ready to strike, right. would you open a case? <laughs> Welcome back to the First Crack Podcast. This is Garrick Van Buren, the First Crack number 76. Conversation with Jay Winia from WYNIA.org on attention and filtering and a bunch of other stuff, a bunch of other geeky stuff that, I don't know, we had a good time chatting about like three hours worth no no this is not three hours long my god no it's like what half hour I, only the consonants are included in this podcast firstcrackpodcast.com if you uh, want some to buy a vowel <laughs> theme song is always by uh, Jeremy Piller jeremypiller.com I'd like to thank uh, Jay and Dave Newberger, and Dan Hook, and Tim, and Joel for stopping by the Uplifter Minnesota meeting that we had uh, Saturday, March 25th, 2006. Had a good time. Got Tim and uh, Joel set up, and we were also setting up uh, the Acadia Cafe in and of themselves, ready to podcast, baked into their uh, sound gear. So it's pretty cool. I feel pretty good about the afternoon. Hope you guys had a good Saturday afternoon, too. Here is the conversation with Jay. Tell me about your your feed reading habits. Um, well, I subscribed to a, a good solid four hundred and I think it was thirty one as of this morning um, feeds in a given day, mm-hmm. but not through a regular feed reader. I've tried almost every one of them that's on the market um, for Windows. Right. Or cross-platform, and for the web as well, and hate every one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Do they uh, all have the same problem? Well, they have one of the same fundamental problems, and we mentioned this in round one, and that is that they focus on the feed rather than the item. Right. And realistically, the item is where the interest lies. Now, there's some synergies in a given feed for there to be a li- the likelihood of a good item that matches your interest, right. You know, particularly for the feeds that are very, very topical-focused, but... Um, for instance, if you read my my personal feed, right. there's a blend of stuff in there that exactly. is not going to appeal to absolutely everybody at every time. Exactly. You know, if what you really like are my technical articles, when I start talking about cooking, I lose you. Right, and I think that's one of the one of the benefits of the WordPress system is you can spin out a feed per category, a feed per uh, author, or something like that. Exactly, and that you know, if that's what you really, but if you just don't want to even dig to find those feeds, you just want to subscribe to it mm-hmm. and and organize it by item you don't have to necessarily go read every item in every feed Mm -hmm. and um when you separate entirely out the idea of the feed being the this folder thing that contains items right you move on to the and i know dave weiner calls it the river of news which i don't like either yeah because that just puts it in one big yeah i agree it's one big long newspaper which the newspaper is a terrible way to find things (laughs) You know, trying to dig into the new, you know, where's the story you're interested in? You've got to flip through the whole thing. Well, that's a waste of time, too. And so I actually route every feed that I get through um, an IMAP server as uh, each item becomes an email from the feed. Mm -hmm. And because it goes through a script, I can add um, links to, you know, like the bottom of the feed burner feeds has all the extra stuff. And I know you wrote a plugin for WordPress that does a similar thing. Well, I can do that to everybody else's feeds. Which is, which can then be customized. You know, yeah. if I don't use my Yahoo, 
I don't need to have that button that on. That is a whole nother conversation. I love <laughs> I've been waiting to have with somebody. Right? So uh, at GaryVanBeer.com, I currently have uh, six, maybe seven little of those little bug icon things. Right. And there's maybe three or four of them within the feed itself, a la yeah. FeedBurner. And the thing is, right, that's not for me. I don't use any of those services. No. They're all for the off chance that... The person reading it not only uses it, but also found that particular post interesting enough to want to do it using the service they've chosen to use, and you remember to put the button up. Exactly. Which is lottery odds. Totally. <laughs> Especially when there's three or four or five different services that are all bookmarking or all... all right, all and if you news. actually exhausted it, there's yeah. more like 45 or 50. Completely, and I'm not... You know, there's no good way to. Yeah, maybe it's a nice thing, but it's like uh, like Google Ads. The problem is that you're giving the same message to everybody. When what it needs to do is follow the individual. What do you do with the with the feeds? Because you're getting 500, a thousand plus email well, messages. Right. They all get dumped into a dedicated IMAP account, which is server side. Um, okay. Which to me is is a critical piece of of reading feeds. If you can't maintain the state of having read an item right. from one machine to another or well, that's i think that's a temporary problem but well, it, it, it is but yeah. personally i think using email to do this is also a temporary solution but, <laughs> yeah yeah um, which is why i want to talk to you about it yeah. right but to me it it's the only solution out there right now that leverages all the the available tools we already have um because uh, i use both thunderbird and um outlook alternating back and forth depending on where i'm at to read this IMAP account. Okay. And both of them being, you know, sort of the high end of robust mail clients mm -hmm. have in them views and filters and um, sorting and searching as integral parts of it because email had this problem first. Right. Email was the first place people had to, f had to dig through 10,000 items. Yeah. And to this day, that's still the place almost that the few people who do have that many things to dig through still do it. Yeah. Most people don't need a thousand items anywhere. But if they do, it's email. Yeah. And I think the... This is one of the other things that bugs me. And I don't know if it's... Whether it's Gmail or whether it's my mail app or whether it's my newsreader. They all have this, uh, show me how many unread items I have. Mm-hmm. Which blows my mind because I'm always going to have some. Right. Persistently. Exactly. The yeah. idea that there are that, that you will be done yeah. <laughs> is is a weird artifact. And unfortunately, I think that's what's driven some people to believe you can't read as many feeds as I or the people who read double what I do or triple what I do. Yeah, can do. And it's it's sort of a Zen thing. Like, look, you you, you can't read it all. Not not before the next batch comes in. Right. You can read it all. Yeah. But. You've got to get past the idea that the next, if you know, if it checks again in ten minutes and there are still item, there are new items. I'll be behind. Exactly. It's e not. E yeah. It's, it's what we need are tools that provide a level, level, level of filtering, level of sorting that we just don't have yet. Right. Yeah. What, what we do in in email, but you've got to really, yeah, I enforce think it. Yes. Exactly. And I think there's information within the feeds, within the items itself, that we're not leveraging. I'm thinking of you know the category tags or date tags or, or content within. Right? Exactly. Outlook has a free form category field that is comma separated tags. Right. 
and they've had it for a long time. <laughs> you know, because there's a lot of critics of, of Microsoft who you know, talk about how they don't innovate, and yet when something like Flickr comes out with tags, this giant innovation, it's like, well, you got to yeah. give some credit to the people who already had it in there. Yeah. They didn't do a great job of explaining why you would use it or how to use it in that freeform way. Mm-hmm. They still try to have you click the category button and checkbox things. But the fundamental reality is that underneath, it's a comma-separated text field, and if you just type comma-separated things in there, it creates categories on the fly. Right. Yeah. Which means the pieces are mm-hmm. are there, but who knows how to use them? Yeah. The vast majority of people I sit down with Outlook have no idea what it actually does. And unfortunately, so do most of the critics. <laughs> you know, Outlook's a terrible email. Cl- yeah, but do you know what it actually does? Because... That and Entourage both are really about as far out there as any sure. tool for sure. managing that kind of thing. The other thing I wanted to get back to was the uh, this this uh, attention recorder that you're working on. Mm-hmm. And right now it strictly records the name of the frontmost window on your OS? That That's the, the one piece. Um, I've also got sort of extensions to the web instance of attention recording. Okay. Um, the We talked about the, the existing extension to record your attention, send right. it to root.net. Which, which doesn't record anything? Exactly. It records actually less than the, the site you're visiting recorded about you, which is, I think, the way to put that that people finally get. Yeah. Is, you know, when, when you visit a site, and anybody who, who runs a website knows this, mm-hmm. there is a tremendous amount of information that's stored about it, right. about you as a visitor. And realistically, it's a good thing. It, it, mm-hmm. it allows people to track who's visiting their site, what content is, is popular, what people are liking, how long they're spending on the site, which is all helps improve the site. Right. Now, it can be used for evil, too, but that's the case with every single powerful tool known exactly. to man. Yeah. You know, the, the, the first guy who built a spear, it, it brought meat to the tribe, but it also you know, allowed him to kill the, his neighbor. So, you yeah. know, <laughs> we've had this problem for a very long time. <laughs> Uh, Evil is not a new problem. Exactly, it's it's a pretty fundamental thing, <laughs> and uh, so. But anyway, the, since all that's being tracked and recorded, wh- the idea that it's useful to them was was blazingly obvious to me. That why am I not recording my own version of this? Exactly. Because if you can figure out the uh, great stuff about your visitors to a site based on what are really small little snippets of information. Why are we not turning that inward? And the, I agree. And the same is true for marketing. And yeah, and I think part of it is that the we're, going back to your original point, we're not fully leveraging the tools that we already have, like exactly making browser history more robust, um, making it more visible and transparent, and more maybe more manageable as well. It's just sort of right now it's a running list that expires at some point or keeps X number of items, but it's it's not everything, and it's not in a way that I can easily scan right and sort of group and and sort and manage exactly and and that is a key point in this whole attention thing that i that people keep coming and when they, when they ask me about it they want to know what um they want to know they're werewolf hunting we're talking about this <laughs> yeah. they've got they, they want to look they want this silver bullet yeah that is what's the one thing that will do it all mm-hmm. and i don't think there is i agree i, I think that this idea requires enhancing the email clients. It requires, and there will probably be a recorder that is a fairly generic thing, mm-hmm. like you were showing me that Mac app. Yeah. That records what windows were open and, and 
what you were doing, mm -hmm. and that's exactly what I want to yeah. do. You know, do elsewhere as well. But yeah, so we're talking about an app I just found just a couple days ago called OnLife, and it it's a plugin-based architecture that records any number of apps out of the box. It's browser, iTunes, uh, instant messaging, blah 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 blah. And it records a cache of the browser, and it records the information of the email, and it records the uh, song that was playing in iTunes at a specific time. Um, and so it gives me hope in that one. At this point, it's free, and the two, it's, it's <laughs> plug-in-based, so I can you know extend it, extend it to other apps that might make more sense and actually provide a more comprehensive view of the things I do on a regular basis. Right, and that's a nice wrapped-up version of what we had talked about previously mm -hmm. that I whipped up actually during one of the panels at South by Southwest, right. it only took like half a dozen lines of, of code for auto hotkey mm -hmm. that just logs what window is currently in focus. And uh, for instance, if, if you look at the title of a, of a Firefox window on Windows, right. it's the name of the site and then Firefox, meaning the information is all there gotcha. to do that what you're talking about, right. where it, which is... You look at the window and parse out which application. It, it parse out which, right. There's a string that identifies what Firefox always looks like, mm -hmm. and that can be extracted, and the rest of it is what you were reading. Right. Same thing with iTunes. Whatever it's playing is in the title bar, yep. and but iTunes can be extracted, and then you now know the name of the song. All that information is there, and that's what we're talking about, leveraging the tools we exactly. already have. Yeah. Most of this information is sitting right in front mm -hmm. of us and is, as I was trying to show with that Windows one, it's six lines of code away, <laughs> right? You know, we're not talking about needing a $3 million investment in something to get access to this stuff. <laughs> Tying some loose ends together. Exactly. It's, it's just gluing some stuff together, uh -huh. and, and it works. It, right. it does what you need it to. Now, it's not bundled for the average user yet, but the reality is that that stuff happens eventually. It right. bubbles its way up to turning into apps for... Right. And frequently you see it on the Mac first because there's, there's passion there for it. But mm -hmm. it, the hooks are all there on every other platform, exactly. too. It, it's not a, a Windows thing, a, a Mac thing, or a Linux thing. Every platform can record this stuff. Um, I don't know if you read a while back, I did a thing on the tides of change. Okay. It's not like filling a sink wherein the water rises steadily and right. a place that was dry before is now wet and it will remain wet as long as water continues to flow in. It's not like that. Yeah. What it is is like the, like the tides on the ocean. Mm -hmm. If you look where the water is in general, there, there's this imaginary line, but the water is crossing it back and forth. But if you go away and come back in an hour, it'll be permanently wet there. Yeah. And, or permanently dry, depending on which direction it's going. But the idea is there's a, the first wave in is going to wet some soil, but it is not going to permanently make the beach soaking wet. Right. You know, an idea may, may not have stuck for any number of reasons. It wasn't the right time. It wasn't the right technology. It wasn't right. any number of and, and realistically, every idea yeah. will do that a couple of times. Exactly. And the, the thing is that it usually does it in obscurity. Mm -hmm. It does it in, a, in impact a small number of people. Right. And, but at the same time, we've all seen you know either pictures or in reality of a big storm that there is a big crashing wave. It sometimes does happen. Yeah. And those are the ones we remember. We remember the tsunamis. Right. And the fact is the tide comes in every day. <laughs> exactly. In that spot there, it's always soaking wet. <laughs> exactly. And so uh, you know when we talk about this stuff gradually coming, it, it's going to happen, and it's going to have receding and coming back and forth before it becomes permanently entrenched yeah. and usually you don't notice it became permanently entrenched it just all of a sudden damn it i'm sitting in the water yes. it isn't it isn't like the like tagging was right. this absolute brand new thing mm -hmm. you know i think office has had it since 95 or yeah or thereabouts which is a long time ago mm -hmm.
but it was in a crappy way that forced yeah. you to do things badly. Yeah. And suddenly now, just enough things have changed that when it, when the tide came in this time, mm-hmm. it stuck. Exactly. And, um, and so, now we're applying that to ways that may or may not make sense. Right. Now that we've got wet sand, we can build a sandcastle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we've got enough wet sand to, to, to really start doing things. Mm-hmm. And the trick is, I think, if you're really into technology, is to just know that's going on. Right. And when something comes in, go, okay, was that the first pass? Yeah. Or is that the last one? Mm-hmm. And depending on how you intend to interact with it, we need a few more tools, but then we can say, look, if you're willing to, to just sign up, just start recording it mm-hmm. and just help us that, that far, and we'll show you what it's going to do, but in order to do anything with it, we've got to have a big pile of data. So is this what people like Root Markets and Attention Trust and those people are doing today? A little bit. Um, like we were saying, all they capture right now with the, the, the root trust is the server, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a Firefox extension from Attention Trust right. that um, sends every page view you you visit mm-hmm. in Firefox to Attention Trust. It does. It has, to, it uh, has no root outside of the collection of uh, web pages I visit. It has no right. All it's sending data. it's sending the URL that you visit broken out by um, HTTP as one little snippet of data. The domain name www.winia.org as the as the piece, and then the entire rest of the URL is another piece. It's got a timestamp for when you visited it, and that's about it. No IP, no. Wow. There's that's that's literally it, and uh, I've got a blog post on winia.org that that actually analyzed what was going back and forth because I wanted to understand it. And when I realized that, that was when I sort of got kicked into tool mode. I'm sort of proposing we use GreaseMonkey as our platform for this because it is JavaScript. And there's a um, sort of a compiler for GreaseMonkey scripts that turns them into full-fledged extensions, which to me is the way to then bundle it for for the people who don't know how to do anything with JavaScript. Can I put the attention recorder on all my employees' computers? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Should you? No. Yeah. Probably not. Right. Ethically, I'm going to say no. Mm-hmm. Because that, that, the, those yeah. decisions, are in, yeah. when they come from a position of power, are almost never done in, a, in an ethical way. Exactly. It just always turns out it bad. Defeats, it defeats the purpose of why that's there. Right. That's to, there is to uh, give control of the person that, you know, using the browser on what they want to share with the world. Exactly. To me, there's a gigantic difference between an employee running the attention recorder and at the end of the week pulling reports from it to find out what they accomplished for the week to go to the weekly review right? and their employer doing the same thing. Yes. Because the employee can come and say, here are all the things I accomplished this week. I managed to, to build this script. I managed to write this uh, Excel spreadsheet for you. I managed to you know, get the financials in on time. I mean, all, this is what I managed to do this week versus their employer coming to them and saying, so it's NCAA time. Right, exactly. <laughs> you yeah. know, which is the one thing that an employer would focus on mm-hmm. in a given week. And I think that's the, that's the big difference in how you use the same tool. Right, and that that only increases the level of mistrust between the two. I watched Deal or No Deal for the first time oh, last God, night. Yeah, that's a horrible show. It, it is. It, it's Awful. just it's Awful. atrocious, particularly if you have any background in statistics. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Because what they don't realize is the optimal game strategy is to take the first offer you're given and walk away. Yeah. <laughs> Economically, that is, you, you are going to get the best mm-hmm. odds every time. And right. what was sad last night was to watch um, somebody's grandmother insisting over and over and over again that 
was a good chance. Oh, wow. Like, well, you, you've got to, you know, she's got a good chance of winning the 300, and she literally, because they put it up there, she had a 12% chance of winning anything over $1,000, and she was being offered somewhere in the neighborhood of $38,000. Uh-huh. And it was like, no, she's got a good chance. And I turned to my wife and I said, now, if I put six suitcases in front of you mm-hmm. and told you five of them contained cobras ready to strike, right. would you open a case? <laughs> and the, the answer is, everybody, well, no. <laughs> And yet, when you flipped it around, every, which just goes to show that because of the way we are wired to have survived a couple of hundred thousand years as a species, yeah, yeah. is we make bad decisions. And so the first step is you've got to be willing to admit you're not perfect. And we, we all make these bad decisions. And until we are cognizant of that bias, right. we can't adjust. And to me, attention recording is a way to sort of have an impartial bird on your shoulder right that goes yeah you don't want to do that no you, you, know, you did that once remember instead yeah. of grandma standing there saying 12 percent's a great chance <laughs> you've got the little guy on your shoulder that goes yeah what about the five cobras <laughs> you know and and you go oh yeah you're right this is stupid and and we all sort of need in order to make good decisions you need that that yeah. little voice now, it can either come from good counsel, wisdom, mm-hmm. having made the mistakes in the first place enough to go, why do it? I mean, I play poker, okay. and I know for a fact that I am prone with two pair to bet into three of a kind every time. I, there's something that yeah. I see two pair, and I'm like, I got a great hand. And I just bet into the wind and get beat by three of a kind over and over and over again. But it's happened enough times now that I can actually say I know that's a tendency. Right. And... I would like for somebody to tell me the first time I do it, yeah, we've been watching you play for a while. You're going to do that a lot. <laughs> and I go, really? Yeah. But, but we're all terrified to have somebody do that because it's, if it's a person, it'll judge you. Totally. And we're terrified of judgment. Mm-hmm. Well, what if it was a piece of software that nobody else ever saw? Yeah. And it just said, yeah, you know what? You spend a lot of time reading your email. <laughs> if the... If the Applications and tools don't exist on every computer to, to record every action that is taken. The capabilities do. Yeah, the capabilities do, and we can do that with a handful of lines of code. The, the, the next level above that is you know, how do we present it, how do we manage it, how do we sort through it, and how do we find the signal from the noise, at, at, and that's going to change at any given moment. Right, yeah. and, 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 but once, once you have the pile of data, you can run your analysis and, do, and extract information from it. Right. Well, now, two years from now, you still have the same pile of data. Yes. It's just bigger. Yes. And if you come up with a better way to extract information, yeah. you, don't, you don't lose the previous knowledge you gained from extracting. Mm-hmm. It, it's still all there. Yeah. And that's why I want to get, I wanna get the bootstrapped to the point where people can start recording something yeah. quickly because otherwise the, the, the time that you're not recording just goes away. Exactly. It's yeah. lost to, to history. And... Um, you know, I know some people who are in, into anthropology and archaeology, and the minutia mm-hmm. is where you get the information. Right? Yeah, that's the stuff that sticks around. It really, I mean, because when you talk to family members or anybody who inherits a book collection from somebody in general, mm-hmm. the interesting stuff is the notes. Yes. It, it, it is the, the margin writing. Mm-hmm. It, and, and, of course, some guy came in and said, yeah, well, I bought this book that had... Uh, um, you know, some idiot criticizing it for the first fifty pages, and I was like, "Yeah, but why don't you retort?" Right. 
and continue past the first 50, because he apparently didn't get any further. <laughs> exactly. You know, finish the book, uh-huh. and the next person who reads it not only has the text of the book, but has what a- appears to be an idiot, and then somebody rationally responding to it. And if you happen to have the same thoughts as the idiot, you've now been countered. Yeah. How is that not a net win? Right. That's the value. The sign's aware. You know, and, and we... You get that when you start having all this, the really small little objects from whatever era. And that stuff tells you far more about why they left, what life they led, than, you know, the genealogy book sitting on the table. Exactly. And, you know, the people who are getting into genealogy, it's all about those little stories and, and those little pieces. Well, there's a whole part of our lives that is channeled through these silicon boxes we aren't capturing. Yeah. It just disappears Mm -hmm. and you know people who there are a few people i know of who have you know email archives going back to 1984 every email they've sent or received since 1984 and that because of the data storage scales that continue to grow is no big deal to keep moving forward and that's the case with this stuff too the amount of data that attention recording really come on it's so small it's not even funny yeah you know uh, a couple of hundred megabytes is phenomenally huge yeah. for recording li- the li- what window is open or what. And I want people to be able to opt into whatever they do want to record. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. if they only want to record the web, that really isn't going to take up that much right. space. If they only want to record the desktop, that isn't going to take up. If you want to record it all, it might take up some space, but still not. Yeah. Not on the order of, of magnitude of you know downloading Saturday Night Live. Right. You know, or documentaries. Uh, you know, I've got here the BBC's Walking with Caveman, and you can see 357 megabytes for each of the four episodes. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, you know, a gigabyte and a half to right. watch one documentary series. Right. Well, the amount of data I could record about myself that would fit in that much space. Mm-hmm. It's a lifetime. It, it, it really is. I, if somebody actually did, you know, do the calculation at one point about what it would take, and it really w- it was a couple of terabytes uh-huh. to record an entire life. Right. Instead of trying to do structured hierarchies the way early Yahoo did, you just build the giant pile of stuff with a gnome standing in front of it who takes your order and yeah. goes and fetches whatever it is, and he recruits help if he needs it, uh-huh. but you don't care. Yeah. You just, it, it, you know, if you've ever seen a really high power executive and their administrative assistant working, it's that they already have this. That is what we all really want. Mm-hmm. You know, and what we want is to be, I mean, I think deep down, we all want servants. Totally. <laughs> you know, it's what we've wanted for thousands of years as yeah. people. <laughs> and usually you had to oppress an entire society to get it. <laughs> Now, thankfully, we don't need to do that. And I think that's kind of maybe the hook for this attention stuff to people is to, to take it away from the computer and say, you already want this. Yeah. And if I told you that it was like, you know, if somebody came in and made your bed every day and it wasn't your wife, it wasn't you, it wasn't Cooper, you know, yeah. no, nobody did it. It yeah. just was taken care of. Yeah. But, you know, I'm guessing based on the height you are, you don't like the bottom sheet tucked in tightly. <laughs> right. Anybody who's over six feet two or so has this issue, and that is that you need the end of the bed for your feet. And, but I would want whoever to make my, to know that, mm-hmm. and you shouldn't have to say that. Right. And and if you had a genuinely good maid, mm-hmm. that would be the case. You know, we all want a chauffeur, we all want a cook, we all want a maid, mm-hmm. and we all want 
um, you know, an unlimited supply of grunt labor in the backyard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, yeah. well, whether it's to move stuff or like, God, look at those trees. They all need to be pruned. Mm-hmm. Just, but we, none of us can really afford it. Yeah. And that, that's in our real life. Mm-hmm. Now, why are we still doing all the work ourselves? We've offloaded it, much of it to software already. Mm-hmm. But if you've already done that, let's go the next step. Mm-hmm. Let's bring in an automated maid who watches what you do, when you delete files, how often you delete them. Like every three months you manage to clean out all your email. Like it's time to do that again. Would you like to? Yeah. Or, you know, and, and, and roll that back. Um, we were talking about adaptive caching, I think, the last time. Mm-hmm. And the, the idea that rather than hitting a feed all the time, you say hit it. And if there was a new item, then next time hit it half as soon. Right. Or if there weren't any items, yeah. double the interval. Mm-hmm. Check in with my feed as often as you need to. Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, if I'm you add... i you when to check because right. you're going to ping it and there's not going to be anything new. You're going to ping it again and there's going to be something new. Right, there and adjust go. yourself accordingly. You know, if I add boing boing to your feed thing, you're going to be checking several times a day. You know, if once a day you always get new content, you'd be, you need to kick it back to 12 hours. And if you get new content every single time on 12 hours, you kick it back to 6 yes. and 3 and... Pretty soon there may be feeds you're hitting once an hour or once every 10 minutes. And that's the way it ought to be. Don't ask me how often to check my email. Watch how often I open it. Right. Yeah. You know, all these settings we've got in software, don't make me fill them out. Mm -hmm. Just pick a reasonable default and watch what I do. Yeah. The the whole recommend something is is where we are first going to see it because there's there's currently a desire for it. Absolutely. And And we need to filter somehow. Right. And, um, you know, somebody on my on the panel I was on at South by Southwest was saying, well, I found it funny that she ended up on the panel because she said, well, I already get all the good information I need. I don't need any help. Okay. okay. Well, and she's a librarian, so she was very, very structured right. in, yeah. in that way. But to say, you know, yeah, we all do. We all have more good information mm-hmm. than we need. And yeah. the point is that not that I am trying to find out of – 2,000 items in a day, the, the, all the good ones. Because realistically, there's probably 1,200 good ones right. and maybe a couple of hundred great ones and, and a few exceptional ones. The point is, if I only have an hour a day to listen to podcasts or right. an hour and a half a day to read in the morning, that means there's a finite number of articles I can get through. Depending on how fast I read, there's only so many articles I can get through in an hour and a half. I want to make sure that none of them suck. Yes. Now, I will not read all the good ones in an hour and a half. Right. And we not only is it which ones are good, but it's which ones are most appropriate for me to read at this moment. It, exactly. To me is the where, where this is heading is once you start learning about me as a person, just like being in a really good relationship with somebody, yes. they can start making suggestions for you that you don't see yourself. You are self-blind. Exactly. Yeah. We all are, and and that's really what I think I want to get out of attention recording is to see the stuff I can't see or I'm not willing to see. You know, I'm not willing to come to you know to admit just how much I spend in a browser or how much time I spend doing whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm just not willing to admit it to myself yet because I don't have a concrete number in front of me. So, uh, so attention recording is is the beginning of a twelve step program. I think it might be. <laughs> it might be in some cases or, you know, the the, the thing that pushes you over the precipice. 
I don't know which it will end up as. But, and, and I think that's really why people are having a hard time getting it is the reality is it's, it's sort of this big generic thing mm-hmm. that's going to have a lot, of impl- a lot of implications and a lot of uses that span more than just any one service. Right. And that's why I yes. really want to see this get out from being a root.net yes. thing where you store it and, you know, because they're trying to just sell your attention and allow you to broker it, which is, to me, the very obvious but yes. not necessarily all that useful kind of thing. Right. I just don't see that market showing up yet mm-hmm. in the same way that we already have a way that you could probably fairly easily buy TV advertising in a very granular way as an advertiser. Right. We just don't because it's really not worth it. Yeah. Right. And, and I don't think that we're, at, we're anywhere near the point where advertisers are going to be willing to buy individual information at the half a cent to pop. Because mm-hmm. you already could do it, and what do they do instead? They buy mailing lists for $4,000. Right. Hey, this is, this is Garrett again. Just wanted to, just want to say thanks. Thanks for listening. Thanks for making it to the end. Hope you had a good time. Jay, Jay and I did hanging out with you today. So uh, that's it. Pop by First Crack Podcast. If you need links to some of the things we talked about, that's where they'll be. That's where they'll be. Until next time. <laughs>